0: What's up everybody and welcome back to the sorry to interrupt podcast episode 194 we are coming up quick and fast and in a hurry on 200 today Sean and I went around most sports talked a little bit of basketball talked a little bit of baseball and a little bit of golf and um, Next week we will be at you with a full look around the league. Today we just talked about the local teams. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports on Instagram Sorry underscore Sports and check out the website. We got all the Frenchies recaps up there in case uh, in case you need to follow along during the draft. They're right there for you. Enjoy the pod and we'll be back next week.
1: And welcome back to another edition of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Tom, it's just you and me today, buddy. Uh, are you still recovering from the three and a half hour extravaganza with Frenchie the other day?
0: Yeah, I love the guy, man.
1: And it's great to hear your, your voice, but
0: I've had enough of him. <laughs> well, he's going to gotta him, come back I'll talk one talk to more him time. Next that, year. Next year. He's
1: going he's gonna to do the recap, and then he's done for a long time.
0: Well, I'll just be sure to take a Benadryl before that one, and just just give me a phone call if uh, if it's <laughs> if we stop recording and there's some audio issues. That's all.
1: No, you hunkered down there, man. Both of us. That was the longest pod I think we. Well, it is the longest we've ever done, and we did that New York sports extravaganza one back in like January, and probably double the time. I think we doubled the
0: time. <laughs> I mean, listen. If we're going to give you a four-hour pod, you can just hit the pause button and close the app and go back to it on your next car ride. It's not that hard. No, and none of the, in,
1: you you know, it's you said like it in we, your
0: intro. It's not like we did a four-hour movie where you had to go see it in the theater and sit through it. You can always pause it and come back.
1: Bro, there's a lot of... by the way, it's of, free. Damn right. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts that go really long. And if you're sitting there taking it all in... At one time, A, God bless you for having that time, and B, wow, what an attention span you have. But, yeah, you can always go back to it. You said it in your intro, and we also don't want to skip any of that stuff because I know he's our guy, but, man, the info he has is ridiculous.
0: Oh, yeah, the guy's an encyclopedia, man. And you could be like uh, my Dino Hypecast, which is going to be coming back tomorrow, by the way. There's been a hiatus from that as well. You can be good like shit. my Dino Hypecast co-host Ryan, and he's like, yeah, I listen to you guys to go to sleep. Is that a compliment? <laughs> I don't think so. He's <laughs> very backhanded, but at least we get the listen, you know?
1: Hey, listen, that that is, the listen is all that matters, but also, I mean, seriously, I mean, how many hours do people listen to, like, McShay and Kuiper and all of those guys? It's Absolutely. like, okay, we don't do weeklies with him, so he comes on, gives it all at once, and then we're good.
0: Absolutely, and I forgot to bring it up. Whose job would you rather have, Kuiper or Joe Lenardi, or both? Come out, one, make millions of dollars probably, and come out once a year for, Kuiper, probably comes out for a little bit longer just because the NFL, you know, the hype train with that, but come out for a couple months and then just go back into hibernation for more than three quarters of the year.
1: Yeah, I kind of like that one, right? I, I think it's just – it's also more niche too. So it's like, hey, we're bringing you on because we know that – Mel
0: net worth $7 million. Let me look up Joe yeah, I... for you. Go ahead. Keep talking, buddy.
1: I was just going to say the NBA – I mean uh, the, the NFL draft, I mean it's niche, but it's also a lot more mainstream. College basketball, even if you're doing brackets, a lot of people are never watching the selection shows.
0: Joe Lenardi's net worth is apparently not listed. Uh, I Googled Joe Lenard. 250000 <laughs> 250, So to answer that question for myself, I'd rather be Mel Kuyper.
1: Yeah, well, if you're simply basing it off of money, which you should, the, the answer to all questions is
0: money. Yeah, Let's do take the math that job. On that. No offense to Joe Lenardi. I would obviously take his job over 90%. 5% of the jobs in the world, but Mel Kuiper could buy and sell them over how many times?
1: Oh, you know, I can't do math. And that's not just because <laughs> Texas made me dumber, if you ask.
0: Um, well, but <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, if it w- if he was worth a million, he could buy and sell them seven times. So there you go. Well,
1: 7,
0: 14, 21. Eh, a little bit more than 21. Listen, it's not Stop a bad him. job
1: to have... It's not a bad job to have in either way. But, yeah, Kuiper, he makes his dough this time of year. And uh, maybe one day Frenchie will. And uh, But for right now, we're happy to have him on the pod. Anyway, um, you ready to catch up and talk a little Yanks, a little Knicks-Nets, a little Masters, and a bunch of all else?
0: Absolutely, man. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Things have gotten a little busy for us. Um, you know, if some syndicate wants to pick us up, or whatever, then, and then we'll be doing this full-time. We'll be coming to you, you know, three, four times a week. So get the word out there, everybody. But more importantly, let's talk some world news, specifically Minnesota country news. Um, what was it, last week probably, Sean? The, uh, uh-huh. the verdict of the George Floyd murder trial um, came to a head. And guilty on all counts.
1: Yeah, Derek Chauvin uh, was found that's guilty was, on yes. all three counts, and you know it, it was it was a weird situation to be in because party wants to celebrate because justice was finally served, you know? but there's nothing to celebrate because a man's life was lost for no reason uh, and it was taken from him. So
0: and no, there's no, I mean, obviously it sets a precedent because nothing like this has really happened before. So that's good. Maybe it'll maybe it'll. Put that in the back of the mind of a, of, a, of a police officer that shouldn't be a police officer in the first place. But the only thing you can really celebrate is that the terrible didn't happen, which is the verdict going the other way, right? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, you can celebrate justice finally being served. I mean, we've seen so many times with our judicial system uh, and our legal system not upholding all the values that it claims to have. And it finally manifested in now we're going to have to see what his sentencing is going to be, but he's guilty on all charges. and That's the important thing.
0: Absolutely. And I was dying to come on the pod, but we were just so busy just because I had heard that in the, um, one of the final statements of the defense was that the reason why George Floyd died was because His heart was too big. It's like, are you guys fucking... If he's innocent, if that's your final argument, are you fucking kidding me? And this is why, Sean, I can't be a lawyer. Or I could not be a defense lawyer. Because if somebody came at me, my team came at me with that argument, I would just quit. Like, the reason why he died was because he used a fake whatever, 20 or whatever it was which is probably a misdemeanor crime and he was brutally murdered for it with a knee on his neck had nothing to do with his fucking heart being too big
1: yeah or being too close to an exhaust pipe i think that was the other one. Oh uh, please that's yeah. like
0: if i killed you because i was drunk driving and i said well i mean you know the light was yellow and it should have been red but i was just trying to blow through it no i killed you because i was fucking drunk driving
1: listen man we were talking about this way back in june it's, or, yeah i mean it's just if you can watch that video and not bully and and you don't have the ability or the presence of mind to say okay that is a for second degree murder third degree murder and manslaughter then you know there <laughs> there's a you're either really dumb dumber than me in texas or you are <laughs> uh you know, you are a, a terrible human being and or a little bit I'm of glad we're a little bit of both. And I'm glad that again, it's a step in the right direction. The thing that I am proud of us for not doing is coming on here and making some kind of, you know, statement, not that we would have said Let's anything different last week. No, we didn't say any, we're not saying anything now that we wouldn't have said last week in, in actual time. But you know, you have like the Las Vegas Raiders posting something like I, and I'm, I don't know if, if this is exactly verbatim, but it's close. It was like, "Well, now we can all breathe," or something. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Wow, what? A, how tone deaf can you be? The guy died. He's not coming back to life. A, a life was lost here. We're just happy that the that the legal system and judicial system finally figured out that this guy was guilty of clearly all three crimes that he was convic- that he was charged with. That is all it is. And, and for anybody that's saying anything more than that, you got to calm down and check yourselves, guys.
0: Yeah, nothing to celebrate, just something to be happy about that it didn't go the other way. Just just a twinge of happiness that uh, the judicial system pulled through on this one. Um, any other world news? The only thing I got is I will be fully vaccinated as of Thursday.
1: Hey, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Are you getting yourself and Michaela to the Yanks game?
0: Well, I worked the stadium today. No big deal. But um, hey, look at you. Yeah, well, we're gonna try and get out to the Bronx. You know, maybe go to a night game or something when it warms up a little bit more, and when the Yankees decide to warm up a little bit more. Right now, I'd rather watch them lose for free than pay money. You
1: know. Oh man, it's been it's been bad. <laughs> um, before we touch on the Yanks, though, because we have a lot of Yanks to talk. Uh, we have not done a Masters recap, Tom. So why don't you uh, why don't you present us with a little bit of a late edition Masters recap?
0: um listen i mean at the beginning of the at the beginning of the week justin rose going low it was an incredible two rounds put together by him um he ended up finishing seventh uh solo seventh um but aside from that i mean you had spieth who was in my uh who was in my foursome um he he hung around but really didn't do enough i I think spieth is going to be A lot better of a player even next year. He looks to be rounding back into 2014, 15, 16 form. Uh, He finished third, but you know Mats. It it wasn't an eventful Masters, but it was huge for Matsuyama and it was huge for the country of Japan. I'm hoping that it grows the game of golf. I mean, aside from that, I, I had two guys in my that I think I had in my foursome in the uh, in the top ten. Tony Fina, top ten. Tony finishes t uh, tenth, so that that was good. Shoffley, uh, Shoffley gave him a run, but choking it away on uh, I think it was either the sixteenth or the seventeenth hole, hitting it in the water, kind of just solidified it there. The best thing of it was Will Zalatoris playing in his first Masters. The guy is electric um and i decided this is big news this is probably the biggest news of the masters hey i decided to add him to be one of my guys
1: oh all right
0: yes will Zalatoris, at 24 years old is one of my guys to go with tony finau scotty scheffler brooks kepka tommy fleetwood um max homa is that my guys are those my guys might be. I know.
1: Listen, man, all I know is that whenever you ask me to guess who you might pick to win, I'm just saying Tony Finau every <laughs> single time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a strong bet, my friend.
1: <laughs> if only he could win you some money. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, from, from my recollection of the Masters, I mean, Morikawa, or, uh, Murikawa, uh Matsuyama played really good golf. He got off to a slow start right on Sunday, and then he righted the ship, and it was just, there wasn't a lot of legitimate competition for him, and he kind of coasted.
0: Yeah, and great win by him. I mean, he's, he's known to be a very good ball striker, which he did that incredibly well. Uh, he's really known for that massive pause in his swing that he has gotten rid of. Um, which has gotten given him the ability to find the middle of the club face a little bit more and be more consistent. But what he's not known for is the putter, which came out to play that weekend, which is the most important thing at the Masters. And um, listen, he got the win. Good for him. Uh, I believe that's his first major uh, and his first win in like 10 years. So good for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And And Taking the green jacket to Japan. I'm sure you saw that video of him walking through the airport. That was an absolute boss move by him. Yeah, he seems like uh, a chill guy. Yeah, he really does. Um, talk to us real fast about the tournaments upcoming that uh, have your eye.
0: Well, you got this week you got the Valspar. Um, good story coming out. Um, Michael Viseki after being on the, uh, the small tours and whatnot, Monday qualifies, talking about how his parents would you know, skip cell phone bill payments and whatnot to pay for him to go to these tournaments, and he never gave up. Good for him. Um, Obviously, he's not one of my winners, but um, I think Patrick Reed is going to take this one. I'm not going to give you a foursome, but I like Reed this week.
1: All right. Sounds good, man. Then the next major coming up is going to be the U.S., right?
0: Yes. um, That is coming up. Actually, I mean, you have the PGA coming up, so okay that one's the end of may 2020 20th, 20th to the 23rd
1: and then you got the u.s open like a month from then right yeah the it's memorial like June, you always usually. have the
0: memorial and then you got the u.s open so i will not be watching the pga michael's birthday is the day before it maybe i'll sneak a little
1: bit in, i don't know <laughs> well you'll at least have to give us your foursome for that beforehand. oh
0: of course of course yeah. i'll be locked in for that
1: all right do we want to go basketball or do we want to go baseball here
0: Let's go baseball and just get it out of the way. Get it out of the system, if you will.
1: All right. The New York Yankees, Tom. Our New York Yankees. It's a shit show.
0: Yeah, I'm taking a sip of water here for anybody. For any of the audio that got picked up, I really needed to before we talked about this. Um, Garrett Cole, it looks you really sure good. You sure that's water?
1: Or are you doing something else to, <laughs> to get you to through this conversation? <laughs>
0: it should be something else, but... Unfortunately, it's just water. Maybe I could turn water to wine um, someday. <laughs> but because the Yankees need Jesus, that's for goddamn sure. I was just
1: going to say, maybe the Yankees could turn a runner on second with no outs into a run. But um, we're, all, we're both looking for miracles here.
0: I mean, look, Garrett Cole is, is in the Cy Young race. That's all I really have to say positive-wise. The bullpen is not uh, what it used to be.
1: Still been really good, though.
0: Really this good, but great. it's. I mean, listen, it, it, when Britain comes back, it'll be more shirt up. The bullpen's not the problem here. Um, it's the offense, period, point blank. Same exact things that I talked about in the beginning of the season. Jay Bruce retires, boo hoo. Uh, good career by him. Don't really care because that's not the left handed bat that I want. Uh, we need a left handed bat in this lineup. So desperately, it's not even funny. I I can't even watch them run that lineup out there anymore, but we don't have any other options at
1: this point. No, we don't. I mean, here's the thing, man. You, you You look at certain things that happen in the beginning of a year or heading into a year, and you look back quickly and be like, hmm, maybe that's not such a good thing. I mean, Jay Bruce, it took him 15 games to retire because he was that bad. This is a guy that was the Yankees' starting first baseman. I know it's because Luke Voigt was hurt, but the fact they didn't have any other options or they ran him out there—that's never a good thing. And I got, got a guy Luke for you first base, Anthony Rizzo. Right?
0: Absolutely. He's he's in a contract dispute with the cheapo Cubbies. Apparently, they're 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 in the in in the red here, so they can't re-sign him. I mean, obviously, you would probably be able to get him. Listen, if you can get him for a good deal at the trade deadline, get him. If not, sign him as a free agent next year. I think he'd be perfect. I'm getting to share vibes out of him.
1: <laughs> well, listen, you uh, you brought him up the last time we did the pod. Oh, we got a little we got a little barking action going oh, on yeah, here, Tom.
0: Sadie, Sadie, and then uh, my aunt's dog next door, Indy, are barking it up out there. They don't shut up.
1: Uh, it's it's oh. fucking believable. <laughs> we'll try to keep your sanity, but yeah, and now you've got Rutenau door who Was basically DFA'd. I think he actually was officially DFA'd by Texas, and the Yankees sent two nothing prospects to the Rangers. And dude, I know he's hit a couple bombs and he had one or two big hits. The guy is batting second, or batting fourth rather, and playing everyday second base in some of these games. I mean, that is an incredibly troubling proposition if you're the Yankees. I still will contest that this team will hit, and I believe that they will eventually get into a streak here where they're. Putting up the runs that we're used to.
0: The machine is not hitting that well, so I'm hoping that you're right.
1: I just think that you've got to look at track records in sports and when guys of this magnitude have have had the kind of careers that they've had. The problem is is when you get into the postseason, and that's what the Yankees' problem always is. I'm not worried about the regular season. They'll win their fair share of games. Will they win the division? I don't know. The rest of this division isn't very good, but there's a lot of troubling – facets of this Yankees team. I don't know if you've seen the last few games, the base running's been horrible, the defense sucks, the IQ isn't very good. And the starting pitching outside of Cole is an issue, man. It's 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 legitimately a problem. They suck.
0: What else can I say?
1: Incredibly underwhelming.
0: I mean, I don't think one move is going to is going to change the world for this
1: team. No, absolutely not. I mean, Listen, man, here's the thing. The Yankees are at a point in their – with how this team has been made up and where guys are in their careers where you're not going to have – I had this thought the other day. I'm thinking back to the 2016 season, right, and when the bottom just fell out and they got off to that awful start and eventually sold off pieces for the first time in God knows how long. And, you, and looking back at it, we kind of should have seen that coming because at the the second half of 2015, they were really bad. They limped into the playoffs, and they pretty much ran it back the next year, although they were all a bit older, McCann, Beltron, Teixeira, A-Rod. But at least you had this young crop of guys that you were ready to see. Well, that young crop of guys, in addition to a few others, are all still young or in their primes. There is no young crop to bring up, so can you really even blow this team up, man?
0: No man, the Yankees are in a tough spot, and it, and it's, it's not like, I mean, it's too early to say. There's always next year. I do think this team is still going to win the division. I'll be saying that until, we get to about the All Star break. If they keep performing this way, then I'll, then I'll start to pack it in. But there's really no end in sight because, you have Stanton. What has he got? Six, five, six years left on his deal, right? Uh-huh. Judge, I, I mean. It's getting tough because, what, after next season, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Do you pay him?
1: You pay him, but you got to be fair with him. We've seen the Yankees let some guys walk Cano most recently.
0: Yeah, and I understand that they heavily marketed this guy. Uh, you know, you got the judges' chambers and this, that, and the third, but – I mean you cannot give this guy a Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Fernando Tatís, Mike Trout deal. I mean he's he's going to be 30. He might already be 30 for all I know. He turned he, he turned 29 yesterday. Well, happy birthday to him. He's going to be 30
1: yeah you know that sounds like somebody else uh, I know that you talk about that with you might you just are very happy to round up to 30 when you're holding on to your 20s but yeah, yeah you have it's... to be a free agent too the way you
0: talk, to me, <laughs> talk down to me about the Knicks and we're going to talk about that later oh
1: we're going to talk about that later talk down to you my fucking ass but anyway um, yeah the Yankees are in a point now where there's really not a lot you can do they traded Mike Talkman today and they got a lefty reliever back it, there's a couple guys you could look to maybe move come July. I find it interesting now that uh, that Boone has basically said that uh, Higgy and Sanchez are going to get the same amount of playing time. Because outside of his hot start, Sanchez oh. hasn't done yet.
0: So you know that's a pain point for me, him and Frazier. Because you know I want him to do well so bad, just for argument's sake, just, just to stick it to Will because i've got two rivals in this world now it's you and will and you don't want to be rivals with me that's the thing
1: i don't know how i became a rival um but yeah it's it's a shitty situation man it, it is so you've got this is why i i, I do i'm not going to i'm not going to predict this by any stretch but i think you have to look very seriously if you're the Yankees or any other contending team in july and you look at two teams you look at the cubs and you look at the nats as far as guys that have that are, are very attractive that you can go get and the other thing about those two teams is they're going to be willing to sell and they can present to their fan base that hey we won a world series with these guys that's a lot more palatable to move guys when you actually got all the way through the finish line there Good so scherzer scherzer Trey Turner, baez i don't know about turner but these, you know, Rizzo that you mentioned, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks, obviously Scherzer is the most incredible of those names. But, yeah, it's those are the teams that all teams should be looking at.
0: I agree with you, man. Just, before, just to wrap it up for the Yankees, um, I'm going to do our annual early season panic meter number coming out of you. Uh, okay. Take, I feel like we do this every year, bro. Um, what are we putting it at?
1: I'm going to put it as six because I, even though I believe, okay. So what's your reasoning first?
0: I mean, seven was just the number that popped into my head, but really it's just because, you know, you, you can't pinpoint one thing or one player on this team to, I don't want to say cast all the blame on, But to cast all the blame on it, it's the entire lineup, top to bottom. And it's, aside from Cole, it's the starting pitching. And that's three quarters of your fucking team.
1: I know. Yeah, I have it at six because I think there's bigger problems at play here. I do think the guys with the track records, if they stay healthy, are going to produce. I truly do believe that. The starting pitching... I also think the Yankees will fortify. What are the bigger
0: problems at play? We lost to Baltimore yesterday.
1: The bigger problems at play is what's shown is they're they're not very athletic. That's a fact. Which has, which has been a problem with this team. The other the other one is right now their their baseball IQ is really low. I mean they're running themselves out of innings. Last night, you know Judge literally runs himself out of an inning. Yeah, it didn't. It was a it, the fact that the Umps didn't let boon challenge was pretty ridiculous but uh, Aaron how how long do you have to be playing baseball or no baseball to know you don't make the first or third out of an inning at third base when the balls hit right in front of you to left field I mean those are mistakes that they've been making all season
0: I agree with you I I do agree with you but don't you think that that is uh, part of partially because maybe they're being overly aggressive and pushing because they straight up suck right now so they're trying to just push a little bit harder, and they're making mental mistakes, Um, just being overly aggressive, trying to make a play.
1: Yeah, that obviously— I'm not
0: saying that's the right thing.
1: No, that obviously has something to do with it. When you're trying to score runs, when you're being completely dominated by Matt Harvey at this point in his career, you're going to take extra steps, but you're you're mounting an inning here— And you're just running yourself. There's a fine line between being being aggressive and just being dumb. And they've made a lot of dumb plays.
0: They're absolutely being dumb, but I think they're being dumb, overly aggressive to the point where they're being dumb to kind of as a trickle-down effect of their lack of stellar play. And the defense, I think, is just... I mean, maybe this team needs to wake the fuck up. Do they need me to come into the locker room? They might. Because I was was basically there today and nobody was there because I was hot. After our conversation last night, I was hot. They're lucky. (laughs) Glaber is lucky he wasn't there. They're lucky they're in Baltimore.
1: Well, they've hit the panic meter trifecta at this point of the season already. They've had the closed-door players-only meeting. No. They've had the general manager come out and give a state of the team address, and then yesterday Aaron Boone got tossed, uh, which hopefully will light a fire under the team. So we've hit we've hit all three on April twenty. So what's
0: their panic meter?
1: That's exactly my point. So I agree with you. A lot of it, a lot of these mistakes could very well be becoming uh, a, a part of just trying to make something happen because they aren't doing their jobs, but. These are mistakes that they've made in the playoffs before. We we I can remember a couple of games against Houston in the past where they they ran on a ball a, a shallow, you know, single to left and they ran when they really shouldn't have and it, it those those you do not get back in October as we well know.
0: Absolutely. Well, they're leading the Orioles 5 to 1 in the 7th right now. But, you know, that's not something to be celebrated, it's something to be expected.
1: That's a very, very good way of saying it. Um, I do think we have to talk Jacob DeGrom and the Mets real fast.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm rearing and ready to go. The Mets are at 9-8. and eight. Um, Their offense has been a little slow to start as well, uh, especially Francisco Lindor. But to be honest, I'm a little more confident in the Mets than I am the Yankees right now, just because I think the Mets have two top flight starters, including... One of the greatest pitchers of all time, the way he's been pitching since, what, twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen, and Strowman's pretty good as well.
1: Jacob Degrom right now has more RBIs than runs allowed.
0: Um, that's all you have to say. I mean, he's gotten better. <laughs> and it's better. two to one. He's gotten better every single year that he's that he's come into that he's played and. I mean, he goes from being rookie of the year, two time, right? Two time Cy Young Award winner, and he's even better right
1: now. There are no longer words to try to describe what he's been doing on the mound.
0: And I, I got to be honest with you. And the Mets have had, I mean, two, I don't want to say a rich history of pitchers because there's two that come to mind. I guess you could throw Al Leiter in there as a third and maybe Johan Santana, but those weren't homegrown guys. We'll just. We'll toss those two to the side.
1: Dave, you could put Kuzman in there.
0: Yeah, you, absolutely. And Jared I guess Coney as well. I mean, he came mm-hmm. up with the Mets. But uh, you're looking at, obviously, the two great Mets pitchers of all time is Tom's terrific Seaver and um, and Dwight Gooden. And to be honest, the way he's been pitching, especially this year, I know he doesn't have the World Series ring under his belt. I am going to take Jacob deGrom and slide him above Dwight, good.
1: Yeah, I think that's really fair, man. I mean, he's he's done it longer already, and he's probably got another two to three years of maybe not being at this level, but why should we doubt him? And but I he's still going to be out, one of outside, the best.
0: Outside of Mariano, who is the greatest reliever, greatest one of the greatest players ever, he might be better than any Yankee pitcher ever.
1: Oh, I mean, what he's doing – I mean, you're literally – you're talking about a stretch of years where – I mean, your you're comp is Sandy Koufax.
0: Yeah. It's Bob incredible.
1: Gibson. Yeah. yeah it, it's crazy. His words,
0: words are not – you're not even – I mean, you can't describe it.
1: You don't have to try. I mean, you just – what I would say is like if somebody asked how do you describe Jacob DeGrom, I would just – Throw on his next start and shut the fuck up and make you watch him pitch.
0: Absolutely, man. And and talking about the Mets as a whole, I, I think again, I think they're in a lot better shape than the Yankees. I, I just I like I like their starters top to bottom better than the Yankees, and and I'm more, and that's the reason why I like them better. Lineup, I, I think same thing as the Yankees. They as a team have been, gotten off to a slow start and they're going to turn it around but their starters are just better than the Yankees period point blank
1: Yeah, they're going to have a better chance to win most nights because their starting pitchers are going to allow them to are going to allow them to do that particularly once uh, Carlos Carrasco comes back
0: I mean, yeah, but even their like bottom of the line starters I would take on the Yankees. Tajon Walker, some of these guys, like I would I would take them over over a lot of the Yankees guys right now. I mean, Kluber looks just – to go back to the Yankees, Kluber looks like he's just done, dude.
1: See, I, I'm actually going to go against you there. I, I'm looking at Tyon and Kluber, and I'm saying these are guys who clearly need to be built up because the stuff is there. Tyon's throwing hard outside of the other game, the uh, fourth inning the Tyon, other day. He was Tyon bowing is down.
0: fine, but Kluber, his velo has been abysmal.
1: He was hitting 92 tonight, and he usually doesn't start off well. Listen, I'm not – Saying that he's going to be a Cy Young award candidate in a couple of months. But I think that the Yankees traded for Tyon and signed Kluber to a, a pretty hefty one year deal, knowing that the first month to two months are really going to be ramp up periods for those guys. It's as simple as that. And they're committed to them. Now, if we're around the trade deadline, in a couple of months and they're and they're continuing to only go four innings and give up three four to five runs okay well then yeah we're we're gonna have a different conversation but to me i think the stuff is there. location for both of them has been off at times whether it's because of walking guys or giving up a lot of hittable pitches uh and not getting them back uh i want to see these guys pitch for another month or so before i can really say i like them or don't like them
0: I hear that. Understood. I just listen. Uh, just watching Kluber. I just don't think he has it anymore. I hope. I hope I'm proven wrong on that one. I. I really do. Herman got sent down. He's back up. He pitched well uh, in his last outing. So that that's good to see. Back to the Mets. I. I still think this team can make a run at the championship series.
1: Listen. Th- here's the thing about the Mets and any team with good starting pitching. You just have to get there, and if your pitching is good and you can hit enough, you have as good a chance as anybody.
0: Absolutely, and and, and next time we talk after uh, after I get you know probably thirty more hours of sleep from our four hour extravaganza last time, <laughs> we're gonna go around the NBA and around the MLB because we gotta talk Padres Dodgers.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, and we have to do that. We, we gotta have to talk Otani. We got to give appropriate time to all those things. Yeah, we're absolutely. just not ready to do it yet. We're still running on uh, on fumes here.
0: Yes, I'm running. Still running on Frenchie time. Um, <laughs> all right, you ready to break down the some of the most electric basketball throughout New York in the last <laughs> hundred years? Yes. No jokes. <laughs> yes. All right, let's talk your netters first. Um, seven games total with the big three. But none of that shit matters to me. This team is still in what? A tie for first or second place. They're one game up
1: on Philly right now.
0: So, I mean, for me, and once that Harden trade was made and even when they signed Kyrie and KD, get a good get a good top 3 seed. In the in the Eastern Conference, and we'll talk. I'll come back and talk to you during playoffs. This is this is a must-win championship year for the Nets. Nothing else will suffice, and, and that's the bottom line. I don't even care about the regular season.
1: No, we we've been kind of be dancing. Looks to me like Harden
0: has been shut down. Yep,
1: yeah, yeah, we we've been dancing around this topic this whole season because we have to try to make it sound interesting. But at this point, I'm really over it. It's. This, it's a must-win if all of them are healthy. If all of them are healthy and every other of the key of the key members of this team are healthy, you have to win a championship. It's as simple as that. You have to at least get to the finals because obviously, if if AD and LeBron are totally healthy, that is still a team that you can't say, "Well, we should beat them." But if yeah, ha- if if Harden doesn't quite come back, or KD has another injury, or something happens to Kyrie, obviously expectations are going to change. It's just how it works. Right now, this is a team that is – it's all about getting healthy, taking as much time as you need, and figure, getting as much rapport down as you possibly can, and, and coasting. I mean, that, I remember that – couple of the Cavaliers teams – remember the one that, uh, that lost to Golden State in 18. They went to Boston on the road, and everybody – in Game 7 of the Eastern Final, and everybody was like, oh, or, do you think they're regretting not having home court? No. These guys don't give a fuck about that. Would it be nice to have it sure, but it doesn't matter. Be healthy, that's all that matters, and that's how I'm watching every Nets game down the stretch until the play- playoff playoffs start. Couldn't
0: agree with you more. For me, it's championship or bust you make that hard and trade. There's really no excuses. If 2 out of the 3 of your main guys are there, you should be able to you should be able to at least go to a championship and compete for it. Although the one thing I will say as as just said, an outside observer, I would be really worried about Kevin Durant in the long term and the short term, just being able to stay on the court. It seems like it's always something now with and obviously pre Achilles and, and and whatnot, he was a very durable player excluding his weird broken feet injury, whatever. but now, and you know this better than me, obviously you know, working with the human body, being uh, being a trainer and whatnot, that just that injury seems to bring on so many others, and I would just be very worried as a Nets fan, short term and long term for Kevin Durant's health.
1: So a couple things at play here, and that's a very fair point, and it's one being made by by pretty much everybody. It's the Achilles for sure is something that we've never seen somebody totally come back from and be the same, and and KD is. Doing his best imitation to uh, say, "Well, I am the best ever." Coming back from this from this injury, to me, the hamstring happened because he comes back from the Achilles, and with this truncated NBA schedule, he's playing a shit ton of minutes and a lot of games in a row, and he pulled his hamstring. And then he comes back and he gets a, a, a knee to his to his upper thigh, and and that's you know a deep a deep muscle bruise, and you're going to sit him out for a few games. To me, they're not related. The, the, the injury thing is interesting to me because I certainly think there could be something there and we have to go a little bit deeper. But this season overall, I mean, look at how many great players keep getting hurt. I mean, Kawhi is still out. We, we, we've seen Harden now miss time. He never misses time. LeBron and AD have missed extensive periods of time. This schedule where you're playing pretty much every other day and these guys are playing – They're upward of 35 to 42 minutes a game. It's just too much on on a lot of these players. So I definitely hear your concerns with Durant. I'm just interested to see if it's more of a bigger picture 2020-2021 NBA season issue or if if you can, you know, specify KD.
0: I mean, listen, we're going to have to see next year. Hopefully everything will be closer to normal. Everybody will be vaccinated. It'll be normal. NBA schedule, the only guys this year that have seemed to have uh, been able to hold up are the the thick boys,
1: Jokic and and my boy Julius Russell. All right, let's talk Knicks. (laughs) It's time. Because there's nothing more to say on the Nets. There really isn't.
0: No, championship or bust. Regarding, uh, you know, unless there's extenuating circumstances. That's the way it is. I'll talk to you in the playoffs. How about that?
1: That's pretty much what we've always been saying so we're almost there man I think we're like 12 games away
0: yeah something like that very close um we're again just to reiterate we'll go back around the league next week there's a lot to talk about I have a lot of opinions um about the NBA and about certain teams including the Phoenix Suns who beat the Knicks last night um I'm really happy with where my team is at obviously being that I thought we were going to be a fucking lottery team um at the beginning of the season and, and looking at possibly hopefully avoiding that playing game my expectations from here on out are to lock in either the four or the five seed and hopefully win a first round series that that's it for me i'm not one of these fans that's sitting here saying oh i think we could give you know milwaukee brooklyn or um or philly a run in the second round i'm not unrealistic but I think it is realistic to expect this team to have a really, really good first round series and avoid that playing game.
1: I don't even think you're in I don't even think you're in consideration to play in the play in tournament, man.
0: Well You're I, that's a third party saying that, not as a Scar yes, fan. I'm yes. not jinxing anything here, you know.
1: No, I, I'm just and, and I, I said this to you yesterday, and I, I, I truly mean it, having watched more basketball lately gearing up for the playoffs and, and especially to start trying to figure out seedings. The Knicks are the fourth-best team in the Eastern Conference. Tibbs, I don't care. Tibbs is the best signing the Knicks have made. He's, he's made everybody else better. They play so fucking hard, which we've talked about all year. But a lot of that's manifesting in wins, especially at this point in the season now. I mean, listen, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care where you're playing. I don't care how many games in a row you're playing. You win nine NBA games in a row. That's really fucking hard to do. And they did that. And they could have, if it wasn't for Chris Paul going absolutely batshit crazy and and showing once again why he's one of the best point guards of all time last night, the Knicks win 10 in a row against a team that is – up there in what the top four teams, top five teams in the NBA. So I got nothing but love for what the Knicks have done. They're by far more fun to watch than a lot of the other Eastern teams. I know that the Celtics have Tatum, Brown, and Kemba. To me, those are guys that, with just names. The amount of underwhelming performances and shit and shitting the bed games that those guys have had this year it's crazy. I don't buy into Atlanta. Maybe Charlotte has a little something, but nothing more than what the Knicks have. The Knicks have a guy who's in Julius Randle or Julius Russell, as you call him. It, this, is, this is a guy who's putting up an MVP-type season. Where would this team be without him? Then you got Reggie Bullock. RJ Barrett's gotten so much better. This team is good. This team is legitimately, legitimately good.
0: Yeah, and we, we finally have something to look forward to for the future, and I agree with you. I'm glad you said it. I mean, obviously, I don't think Randall's going to win the MVP, but I think he's probably going to be a top five, top six guy. I mean, given all the time that they've missed, I think Joker wins it. I think CP3 has got to be mentioned in the conversation in the top three, and I think Embiid's got to be there. But outside of those three, Randall is right there with anybody in the league.
1: As far as most valuable, Julius Randall is more or as valuable to his team as the other guys you mentioned.
0: And I'll tell you what, he's probably going to get
1: second-team All-NBA this year. Oh, my God, with the numbers he's put up, absolutely. Yeah, and the, I'd be well, surprised if he didn't.
0: That, and not to mention, I mean, the amount of games he's played. And I know, like you said earlier, it's been a weird year, it's been a tough year, but you know what? He has figured out a way to weather the storm this year, and he's played 60 of 61 games.
1: I will not listen to anybody I, I heard. Uh, I was listening to the um, DiPietro, Canty, and Rothenberg show today, and and uh, Dave kind of mentioned about how they, uh, yeah, well, you know, Randall didn't shoot the ball down the stretch. I will not listen to any of Julius Randall slander. No, right
0: he now. had a bad game, and you know what? And that's why I love that game even more last night because it was probably. One of Randall's, if not his worst games of the season, and the Knicks still, the only reason why they didn't win that game was one, two really sloppy turnovers towards the end of the game, and most importantly, Chris Paul just being a savage. And they lost to a better team. But the fact that the Knicks were even in that game with Julius Randle having his worst night of the season, that just makes me even happier. The happiest I could be off of a loss.
1: Well, especially with how badly you know Phoenix wanted to win that game because they lost to Boston which is a game right now as is currently constituted a game you don't want to lose if you're one of the premier teams in the NBA and then they kind of just got outworked by the Nets in the end of the third through the fourth quarter on Sunday and that game really wasn't close and they didn't want to leave they didn't want to leave New York and, and the Northeast winless so after beating Philly and then having those two games, they really wanted to beat the Knicks and, and Chris Paul especially. And that's what I said. I'm like, listen, it's it's upsetting when you lose, especially when you've gotten a taste of winning, which the Knicks have done, especially with a lot of the games being close. But you lost to a better team with a Hall of Fame player making ridiculous shots. You can't be mad. And I, and this is where Tibbs' value manifests the most because he's not going to let them take this as a – they're not going to feel sorry for themselves and they're not going to look at this and, and let this be a letdown game. They're going to be back at it and they're they're going to play their asses off the next time they're on the court.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. Do we have to talk about our text conversation last night?
1: I mean, we can. I think it was a lot to do about nothing. I think I struck a chord with you when I said, "You listen, man, you lost to the better team. And well,
0: the reason why it struck a chord with me was because I – because.
1: You got. And little, I was not you saying. Got this a as a quick you got a little pompous. You got a little. I was not saying anything, and I sincerely mean this. <laughs> I was not saying it at all from the standpoint of watching it from the Nets' perspective. Not even slight.
0: No, no, no. But the tone in your text—it's tough to read. But tone. you
1: took it that way. But I'm an you absolute
0: text tone reading expert. The tone <laughs> in your text was extremely pompous. When all I said was. You know, great game for the Knicks. CP3 killed him. And you said, well, you can't expect her to, you know, you lost to a better team. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know that. I know right. that. I, I'm not arguing that. You're arguing with someone else because I I'm it was a, more of a I'm statement in the corner an argument. here. I'm in your corner. Yeah. But, you know, for you to just, you could have just said, yeah, man, tough game. But no, for you to make the pompous <laughs> comment. You know, your Nets get good for one year. No, 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 no. You're you're the UCLA Bruins of of the Bill Walton, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar days. I'm just saying you better win a fucking championship. This this is where— I've already got the condolence flowers from 1-800-Flowers pulled up, and I'm going to hit send (laughs) the second they lose in the playoffs. Let me tell you, you made an enemy out of me, and you're not going to like it, buddy. You're not going to like it.
1: This is where you're so insecure because— I simply made a point. There was no stirring Um, of the pot. And I really truly, because you said, I I wrote before that. I wrote before that and I said, I really thought you had it. Because I really did, because every game has been going down to the wire with the Knicks, they've been pulling out. So I'm not saying, it was simply, yeah, I really thought you had it. This is how this
0: text reads. Oh, I really thought you had it. Sorry. Oh, my God. My you're such a – you, know
1: you know what? This, is, just, why you, this I, is why you're next. This is why you can't enjoy happiness. And I feel sorry for you. I truly do. And I and you have nothing but my sympathies. No, listen, and, listen. I, and, and I'm going to turn right around and send the flowers back your way. Because I, don't, the, I
0: don't need flowers. The flowers you, have been this beautiful next can't. season. Rising <laughs> from the ashes. I, I simply agree with you. You know what and I'm going to say? Pat Riley the, sending a, when they, a, a fucking fax to quit. This when is they rising the, from the ashes like a phoenix. When they
1: lose in the playoffs, I'm going to say, you know what, man? You're right. I really thought you were going to win that series. You should have won that series. I appreciate
0: were, that. As a text and you know tone
1: expert, yeah.
0: which I uh, am. Yeah. A text are no, an expert. I, if you need, if you have any text from a, from a <laughs> female or whatever that you need translated
1: into. I'm not sending your way. You're gonna, get me, you're gonna get me in a lot of trouble with wording, the way. You're you know, deciphering things. You're gonna have me fucking absolutely <laughs> going nuts and just and anybody, napalming every bridge that I have. Anybody
0: built. that needs me to read the tone in a text. Because listen, if you simply like text somebody, okay. The word okay, it could mean a thousand different things. I am here for all of you people to translate what that okay actually Would means. Would you have rather had me write
1: okay and then wait, you could have taken that any way you wanted? Well, it depends. You?
0: Did you send the okay with a period? Did you write okay A-Y? <laughs> There's a lot of different
1: things. You do it doing different okay? things? You're doing okay? you doing okay? Exactly.
0: Exactly, but you know, for you to turn your nose, and now it all makes sense to me. The Alabama, yeah, you said fandom. this too, and yeah, I was thinking this about too. this last night. It just, all of course, you did, because you wanted sense. to get
1: your mind off of the Knicks' loss. And no, you had to it, it out on somebody.
0: Sean, we're going back we're going back to the point that the Knicks lost, they lost the game that they probably to a better team. I'm over it. Really? I'm okay with that. They they should have lost that game. I CP3, thought we were agreeing.
1: When you no, started we're going abs- at me, I was like, I have no idea why he's
0: we going were at absolute, me. Absolutely Sean, I am not arguing about about the Knicks and whether or not they should have lost. Agreement with you there. I am simply arguing with your pompous attitude, yeah, yeah, as yeah. if you've won ten champ, as if it's as if it's the '70s uh, Nets out of the Nassau Coliseum in the NBA. That's all I'm saying. Well, you took it that way. You came way, in and with I... this pompous attitude. No, nope. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm taking it that way. These this is how it. This is how it is. This is how. Well, we if you're an it.
1: expert, I, I'd like you to consult text... with some of your peers. I, there is no peers. I'm the only one. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, see that's so the problem. So I'm the judge and the jury and the executioner on this one and yeah. your tone was pompous with me.
1: Listen, and, I'm not going to continue to argue champion, with you on a
0: A true champion would act like they've been there before. That's all I'm saying, you know? You don't have to dance but, on me in the end zone like that. I understand your team's better. So it's hey, just I, hope. I, let's just hope when it comes to whenever the championship is, June, July, uh, I I'm just hoping you're on the podium because I
1: might have to book a flight to Austin. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll be booking it to New York if the Nets are winning it. But uh, but yeah, it, it truly meant it had nothing to come from the Nets. I talked to other Knicks fans, friends of mine, all day, and I don't come at it from the Nets because they're not the same. They're not even in the same conversation as teams right now, and that's fine. It would be no different than a Sixers fan talking to a Knicks fan or anything like that. You guys. And, I see, and I'm enjoying watching the Knicks, too. I can't believe I'm saying that because so much of me wants to hate them and, and be the asshole fan. They're fun as shit to watch. They play basketball the right way. They're well-coached. They, they have great camaraderie on the fucking bench. They got my former boy, Theo Pinson, going nuts. Everybody <laughs> loves him. Derrick Rose is turning back the clock. Everything looks good. In Madison Square Garden. And, and and I like watching good basketball and I'm rooting for them in the playoffs as far as they go up until if they play my team. That's all it is. It's good for the city. It's good for us. It's good for our brand. And I truly meant nothing by it. But if you want to continue to say that you that you felt otherwise, then that's on you and there's nothing I can do to change your mind.
0: As a text-tone doctor, I've officially decided that I have a PhD, and it. it was pompous. I want to see and, that diploma. And absolutely, God forbid. Well, take a look at my LinkedIn. I just updated it. It's one of my skills now. <laughs> God forbid if the Knicks play the Nets. I don't care if the entire – I don't care if the bus crashes and everybody on the Nets breaks their legs. God forbid that happened, by the way. Um, and we beat you guys. Oh, God. Do not – don't even – you should probably get a new number.
1: Oh my God! If that happened, there would be no getting up from that. It would be like if the Yankees lost to the Mets in the 2000 World Series, right? Like, there's just certain things. Like, yeah, you if you're the better team, no matter how good the other team is playing or how good the other team is, you you just can't lose. And they wouldn't. If they wouldn't, but it's oh whoa, whoa. Little, little little
0: hesitation there. But no, I agree. End, I don't. I don't think they. Yeah. The Knicks would probably win one game, maybe depending. Um but uh, listen, I've got you figured out now. I see what all kind right. of fan you are. Your true colors showed last night. The Alabama thing makes a hell of a lot of sense now. And that's okay.
1: It, how, listen, about my, how, how about the Giants and the. No, I've. I, listen, I thought about it
0: last night. I got it all figured out. Obviously. You really
1: went to deep dive into this. You're, Here we go, okay? Obviously, what's your prescription?
0: Obviously, you're going to pick the Yankees, right? They're sure. a great team, they win all the time. That was okay. our entire childhood. So. Can't say whether or not that's front-runnery because, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a New York team. The Nets now. If you said, oh, I watched them on Yes Network. Let's think. Who was better in the early 2000s, the Knicks or the Nets? I think you're oh, a the front-runner Nets.
1: for that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Giants or Jets? We could say you're a front-runner for that, too. Some would say. Some would say. Not me. I'm a man of honor. Not me. <laughs> But some would say, "Who would pick the shit show Jets?" Of course. Well,
1: well, the, the interesting thing not to
0: mention your was, dad's
1: a Jets fan. I know, but that that's the one that doesn't make sense because even though my dad of is also a big fan, Sean,
0: it all makes sense now. <laughs> you are a front runner, but that's okay. We yeah. don't judge on this podcast.
1: All That's we've okay. done, you can run, you just keep listening to our pods about how about everything. And then UConn the basketball.
0: Giants. I mean, I don't even yeah. have to mention Alabama football. Some guy. No, no. Etch, get
1: and, the fuck out of here. Right. That's and you know they're my least. Fraudulent. You know they're my least favorite of all my. Oh, teams. they're
0: your least favorite till they win a fucking natty, and then you come on here like like with a fucking southern accent, with a southeastern accent, like you've been <laughs> living in Alabama for the last twenty years. Okay, miss me with that bullshit, as the children not done. say. Have and, not done that, <laughs> and then and then UConn. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, of course, they're a local team. Understood, but they've also got a very storied history. I mean, going back to the Ray Allen, Rip Hamilton days. So, but that was the bad. that was
1: little front runner the, the, twinge there too. Sean. Yeah, little front that, that was that was the yeah. And remind me how many titles the Nets ended up winning out of all those years.
0: No, I mean nonetheless they haven't. But out of the two local teams, you picked the better one because I mean we got a front runner twinge here.
1: Well, it's also not the fault of the franchise that the Knicks, who were the premier team in the 90s that didn't win a title, decided that they were just going to go completely up in flames. And that's uh, why you
0: didn't pick them, of course. Because you picked the better team. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Eh, Front runner yeah, vibes.
1: That, hey, you know what? I didn't have <laughs> – because my dad and I didn't watch NBA much. That was like the one sport he kind of sacrificed watching. So I was like, well, if I'm watching the Yes Network all the time, I might as well watch the Nets. And, yeah, they were fun to watch. If you're fucking 10, 11 years old, they're fun as hell to watch with with Kmart, Jefferson, and Kid. And then, you know, they went into many years to be irrelevant, and then they had that nice little trade, and they got two years out of that that didn't manifest anything less, anything more than a second-round defeat, and now somehow they're this. It's... And now the Knicks are the Knicks are good again. It's it's good for basketball. I have the Nets have not. I have not seen the Nets win a championship yet.
0: That's all right, baby. You're you're there now, and you are going to celebrate as if they are your number one team, and you didn't just jump on the J Kid bandwagon. Well, I'll be but rooting. that's okay. We don't yeah. judge here.
1: At least that's twenty plus years ago, and not you know six.
0: <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Listen, I've got you figured out now. I've got your number. That's okay real
1: serious question how many people do you actually think that became like legit warriors fans out of that past
0: oh round? it's a sickening amount yeah an absurd amount dude I mean curry talk we'll talk NBA you know in full next next week but uh, the guy I mean how do you put up just as good if not better efficiency numbers when you're shooting like six to seven more shots a game it's insane then then, no, it then really then is. you're 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 Historic MVP seasons, and he should be in the MVP conversation.
1: I mean, he is, I think. Yeah, he's not gonna win, they're not
0: winning enough games, unfortunately. No, No. I mean, I'll take a Curry season like this over a Westbrook season when he won, but we were all over that when it happened, anyways.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I really think that, yeah, that's the funny thing about the NBA because when you watch good basketball it's impossible to not fall in love with it, especially with the stars the way they are now. You know, it's like the difference between watching good, bad. I mean, just watch, I mean, that what the Nets were three years ago and what the Knicks were last year, like the difference in watching these two teams this year with their varying degrees of of, of talent and coaching and everything. I mean, it's not even close to what it was before. Like, it's something that you actually want to watch and get, like aesthetically pleased by watching. And when you watch bad basketball and and you don't have stars on your team, you can try to prop up your players as much as you want. It's a fucking drag, man.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And to be honest, all in all, I think this hasn't, I'm obviously happy to have basketball back in full swing. It's been a shitty NBA season, but we've gotten a lot of good storylines out of it.
1: We really have. And when we do our deep dive across the league, heading into the playoffs next pod, um we, we there's a lot to discuss because it's it really is a soap opera. There's a lot going on and we're seeing incredibly high levels of play from some of the league's best, which is which is really fun, while a lot of the other rest of the league's best has been sidelined for a while.
0: Yeah. I will say this before we go, just because I'm probably gonna forget by next week. I'm out on the Utah Jazz. How can you lose a game like that to Minnesota?
1: Great question. Yeah, they're I, I don't think either of us really bought into them, right? Even no. when they were at their best. Yeah. No,
0: I think Phoenix is better. I think the Lakers will be better, and I think the Clippers are better.
1: You really just have to go into the playoffs because we've seen too many. I really thought, and this isn't even you know like a Nets Sixers thing. It's just and it's an NBA thing. I mean, that didn't the uh, Warriors weren't they the two seed the year that the that KD got hurt? Because wasn't Houston the number one that year?
0: Yeah, I, d- I think so because. Yeah, I, I think so. You think you're right,
1: right? Because they would have had Game Six and Seven at home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, it, it's it's well, they did have Game Six at home. I think that's when the Warriors beat them uh, in the second round. But yeah, it's it's one of those deals where I just I, I don't I don't care, and the players clearly don't care, and we as fans or some people, some fans or some people in the media try to make a big deal about why, it, because you know if you have great players who have been champions before and have won in hostile environments and have put up big numbers and are Hall of Famers, they don't give a shit where they play and when. If they're at their best, they're going to win. Talent in the NBA always wins.
0: Absolutely. And just to give you an example, I think the way it's currently constituted, the Lakers play Denver in the first round right now, which they're going to love because Murray's out. And then they play Utah in the second round, and I think they're licking their chops for that one over playing the Clips or or the or the Suns.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll definitely talk about that next week. We're about an hour in, so that's all we have for you this week. Sean, you got anything else? Anything good going on?
1: Not, man. Just working, and uh, everything's good down here. Uh, no no issues. So how about yourself? You weren't to work at the stadium today, huh?
0: Yeah, so a lot of boring uh, standpipe closets. Nothing interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw the judges' chambers. I spit on them. Um, but aside from That's that, strong. I, I really, really, nothing, nothing interesting. I did watch a little, uh, a little golf documentary on YouTube about golf in Austin. And let me hey. tell you, man, you need to get a set of clubs because you're missing out. The courses look fun. Um, I don't know if you've heard the term "Save Muni." Everybody says it down there. Apparently, I, I have not. Um, there's a municipal that apparently. University of Texas owns that they've tried to sell off and get rid of and turn into condos that they're not. And then there's this little pitch and putt, which obviously is a it's like a mini golf course, um, but not actual mini golf, where it's all just par threes under 100 yards. Um, I think it's called like Baker's or Barker's or something like that, right in the middle of the city. You need to get out there. You only need one one or two clubs, just a just a little, just a little you know 52 degree wedge and a putter just a couple beers in your hand, you know, I, I think you could have a good time out there. You could even do it barefoot.
1: Listen, you know where I stand on this. I'm waiting until you come down here and we're going to play. Oh, And that's good. Oh, okay. Well, I've, that's got gonna some, be...
0: I've got some spots sorted out for us.
1: Good. See, this is good. Your, your game planning, I like that. I will, I will absolutely play a couple rounds when you come down here. No doubt about it. Up until then, I can't promise anything.
0: That's all right, man. Uh, listen, uh, I'll even let you borrow the sticks, and that's a big deal because I don't let anybody <laughs> touch my clubs.
1: I appreciate that. Well, you know, I'll be, you know, I'll be footing the bill for everywhere we go down here, oh so that'd gosh. be a nice little trade-off. Sounds good to me. I'll just, I'm just putting it on the, uh, I'm just putting it on the Sorry Sports tab, so we'll be fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good to me, man. Nobody's paying that credit card, so we're good. to
1: go. <laughs> we haven't yet.
0: <laughs> all right, everybody. That about wraps it up. Enjoy the rest of the week, Sean. I'll be talking to you next week.
1: Tom, I'll be talking to you next week, and uh, let's see if our next Texas exchange uh, goes a little smoother than this last one. Yes, sir. So. All right.